Welcome to the wonderful world of pragmatic psychology. I'm your host, Susanna Mittermeier, and we are going to explore how your difference is the gift that our world requires. Hello, amazing, wonderful you. This is Susanna Mittermeier for another episode of Pragmatic Psychology, Be the Peacock. (laughs) The world as it is right now is, well, how do you put it? Very interesting. (laughs) There's so many people who are suffering from depression and anxiety, fear of the future, and other things that are usually called mental illness. And uh, the branch is called mental health. And I always find it very interesting um, how this whole, you know, this whole concept of mental health and mental illness is uh, being treated in this world and how people look at it in the perspective that has been handed to us. And I want to invite you with this episode to, hey, what else is truly possible? What is this thing called mental health? Um, What are those things called diagnosis? Um, What are they and what's really possible with them? (laughs) So what I've learned is when there's something that is a concept in our world, like we said now, depression, anxiety, fear, something is wrong. um, These are answers. These are concepts. These are conclusions. And they are treated as facts. They're treated as, this is what is. And I've learned to be very curious, especially when something is called, this is what is. This is a fact. This is reality. I've learned to ask questions, and I've learned to question everything. I used to work in psychiatry, and I met countless of people with different diagnoses, Everything from depression and anxiety, ADHD, OCD, autism, personality disorder, substance substance abuse, and, 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 and. And these people came to me for partly for neuropsychological testings and therapy and counseling or their spouses, their, you know, people around them that they live with, family. They would also come for counseling. And the first part of the neuropsychological testing is it's basically you meet the person and you do a couple of tests to psychological tests to find out, do they have this diagnosis or not? Do they have the symptoms? Do they have the elements that, you know, make this diagnose or not? And then, you know, based on that, you give them therapy or suggestions or whatever is, you know, whatever is required. Um, And I did this for a while and it always had this interesting flavor for me because it's like you, you have this person in front of you that functions different, that sees the world in a different way. And then you're supposed to tell them, this is who you are. You are, you know, depressed. You have this and this disorder. You know, it's like you give them an answer. And in the first moment, having an answer for what you have been suffering for a long time seems like a big relief. And this is how most people are receiving when they get a diagnosis. They're like, oh my God, now I know why I'm so different. Now I know 
why I've been seen so wrong. I have an answer. I have, I have proof for what is really going on for me. And this in the first moment is, okay, I can relax now. And that's not right. It's not wrong. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just what is. And the problematic thing that occurred after was when people then explained everything with that diagnosis, when they decided that, ah, okay, this is who I am. When they're not, you're not your diagnosis. You're so much more. You're an infinite being with infinite possibilities, with choice to create yourself the way you desire to create yourself in every moment. And even though the diagnosis in the first hand is, seems like a relief, it shouldn't be something that explains who you are. It might be an acknowledgement of, okay, I'm not wrong, I'm different, but that's seldom how a diagnosis is being used. A diagnosis is usually, you're wrong and that's why, and here are the facts. I'm really hoping and inviting the world to a totally different paradigm and perspective. And I would say it's time now. It's time for something different. It's time for something that actually works. Because as long as you go for wrongness, all you see is wrongness. All you see is someone who's handicapped. All you see is someone who needs assistance. It's, this is a disempowering perspective. An empowering perspective would go, okay, so this is the diagnosis that's been handed to you. What is it really? What if this is, first of all, an acknowledgement, okay, you're different, but it's not a certificate of wrongness. <laughs> it's an acknowledgement of strongness. It's an acknowledgement where you function different, where you see the world different, where you have a different functional reality. And if you acknowledge that different functional reality, you can relax and you can be flexible and you can use it to create your life and your future. Where have you decided that you are crazy? Where have you been called insane in your life? Are you insane or are you just different? What if that difference can serve you in ways you have not yet explored? And what if that so-called insanity is actually the sanity that our world requires now? Welcome to three online calls on November 12th, 13th and 14th. Find out more at www.susannamittermeyer.com. So let's look at some examples. Let's use fear and anxiety because this is so up in the world right now. And the example I use now with fear and anxiety, I've been doing this with all so-called diagnosis. This is just one of many, many examples. So anxiety. Anxiety means you are anxious about whatever is going on and whatever you have projected on the future will be or will not be. It's something that people just take, okay, I'm afraid, I'm anxious. And every time you say, I'm afraid, I'm anxious, 
you already have fixed everything. You've set the scene. You have already decided, okay, this is it. I'm anxious. Nothing else that doesn't fit that point of view can come into your world. This is how strong we are with our points of view. So what is that thing called anxiety really? Hmm. Let's look at it as though you've never heard about anxiety, as though nobody has ever told you about what that is. Well, what if anxiety is something totally different? So what is it really? If you've never heard about anxiety, what is it really? So, well, there are different aspects. First of all, there is a physical aspect, your body. Your body is, uh, in situations of anxiety, your body is probably having an increased heart rate, you're sweating, your pupils are bigger, different things that your body is signaling to you. And we've learned to take those signals and create a conclusion that, okay, now that my heart is racing, now that my hands are sweating, now that my breathing is increased, like it's, it's I'm breathing harder and, and faster, that means, that means that I'm anxious. And this is where it all starts, with the meaning. It's like you, you, we've learned to give everything meaning, but meaning comes from your mind. Meaning is an interpretation of whatever is going on. It is you taking signals from your body, from your surroundings, and rather than just observing them, and rather than just asking questions about them, you translate them through your mind, and out comes an interpretation that oftentimes doesn't have anything or much to do with what really is going on. So our mind is a dangerous thing. (laughs) Our mind is where we interpret, invent, create, and oftentimes create limitations because our mind oftentimes doesn't like new stuff. Um, It likes to compare with whatever has been there before and it tries, it wants to evaluate whether the new things, informations and stimuli coming in match what you've already, already learned. And if it doesn't match, it's bad. It's being excluded. If it matches, it's good. It's being included. That's a very limited place. It's basically where everything that's new, everything that's fresh, everything that's different, everything that hasn't existed before is judged as wrong and as something that needs to be excluded. So how free can you be with that perspective? How free can you be from living from your mind? Ah, So what if you are viewing the world, perceiving the world, perceiving your body, not from your mind, but from what you know, what you perceive. So let's go back to the thing with your body. Your heart is racing, your breath is increasing, um, you're sweating. And in this moment, don't interpret. Don't go, this means I am anxious. Let that one go. And instead, ask your body Sweet body, what are you showing me? What is the information here? What are you letting me know? And this is where you can start to have a conversation with your body. This is where you can have a conversation with every element around you 
because everything desires to give you information and contribution to make things easier. Your body and the universe is a it's a benevolent place. It's a place that would like to contribute to you, having more space, having more of you, having more ease. All you got to do is receive it and allow it. And that's the same with your body. Your body is not your enemy. Your body wants to give you information. But if you interpret in a different direction than what it is about, you can just judge everything is wrong. And whatever is wrong, people usually resist. And what you resist persists. So, and that's the story with anxiety and panic attacks and fear. If you interpret your body's information as wrong, you go into resistance. What you resist persists, which means basically that you get more anxious, you get more afraid because you resist the information given to you. And it's where you just make whatever that anxiety and fear is worse. You make it more, you increase it. Okay, so what else is possible? Well, you just ask your body, body, what are you showing me? And your body is giving you an information. So what is the information you're giving me? Where is this coming from? Is this coming from you, sweet body? Or is this coming from somewhere else? And most of the times, and this is something I've discovered with countless and countless of patients and clients, is that anxiety most of the time is where people are extremely aware, aware of what's going on around them. They pick up the information from their surroundings, from other people. And because they haven't learned to differentiate between what is coming from outside, what is coming from other people and what's coming from me, they just assume everything that feels bad is me. Everything that feels wrong must be about me. Everything is personal. <laughs> well, but what if everything isn't personal? If you ask questions, you get beyond taking everything personal and you can be more pragmatic. You can do what works rather than being dramatic and being sucked into wrongness all the time where there's no freedom and no space for you. <sighs> so what are you aware of? What information is your body giving you? How many people are you aware right now in this very moment that are worried about the future, that are worried about their finances, that are worried about their families, their kids? You are aware that is a capacity you cannot not have. This is just a natural innate capacity you have to have your feelers out and perceive and receive information all the time and to have more ease with this you could ask the question who does this belong to this is an amazing tool from access consciousness who does this belong to it's where you learn to differentiate what is coming from me and what is coming from somewhere else from the outside from around us well who does this belong to it's not where you find the person. <laughs> you don't, it's not about finding the guilty one where it comes from. No, it's about getting more freedom of, hey, this thing that is bothering me, this anxiety, truth, who does this belong to? Is this even mine? <sighs> and you notice when you go, okay, this anxiety, is this coming from me? Or is this something from somewhere else? And who does this belong to? 
And if you ask this question and your body goes, oh, it is an acknowledgement that it's not yours. And I'm going to tell you 99.99999% of what is troubling you, what is making you anxious is not yours. You are highly, highly, highly aware. You're like a big radio receiver that picks up information all the time. And as the world gets more intense, as it is right now, the intensity of fear and anxiety is just amped up to the max. Well, so is your awareness of it. So is your perceiving of that. And now more than ever, it's more important to have this differentiation between what is mine and what is not mine and to ask who does this belong to. This is a big, 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 big part of having more ease with um, you being you in the world. And also anxiety. And I'm telling you, like anxiety is just one example. I've been working with people with depression and personality disorders, ADHD, OCD, um, substance abuse, anything. So I've been playing with this different perspective with all of these diagnoses and much more beyond it. So this is just one tiny example of what's available. Um, so with anxiety, let's look at that a bit more and further. So anxiety is usually, uh, people who suffer from anxiety oftentimes have been growing up with someone who had anxiety in their world. And, uh, that oftentimes hasn't been acknowledged, but if you acknowledge, okay, so who did I grow up around with that was having anxiety that was suffering from anxiety? Maybe you realize, oh, I haven't really acknowledged that. It's become so normal to have this kind of energy around me. So I, I, you know, I just taking it for granted. That's just the way it is. But if you look at it a bit closer, maybe it's something you can acknowledge. Okay, I grew up with this. I had this around me for a long, long time. And if there's something you have around you for a long time, it's like family. It becomes familiar. It's normal. You become used to it. It's an energy that's like a friend. You have it around you, a companion all the time. And um, you just deal with it. You learn to deal with it. But then later, if a certain energy like anxiety is so normal and so familiar to you, when you are walking around the world and creating your life, with all the gazillion different energies, feelings, and emotions that are around, the one that will ping itself to you, that the one that will make itself notice to you the most will be anxiety because you grew up with it, because it's familiar to you. So this is where you have this vast amount of different energies. And the one that you grew up with, the one that is most familiar to you, you will notice first. And you will like basically suck it up and make it yours and not ask a question. So to break that cycle, ask the question, who does this belong to? And then the other aspect, let's give you one more aspect because there's so much, and I would like you to have this information. Most people who have anxiety, who, like not everybody who has troubles is willing to give them up. This is a vital information. Not everybody who is in trouble is willing to give up their trouble, because most of the times people go, this is me. I don't want to, you know, at least it's, I know who I am, even if it's negative. People rather hold on to something, even if it's negative. So don't assume just because people are troubled, they want to give it up. Maybe you are different because you want to have freedom and space and ease. 
but you can't project you on other people. So if you grew up with someone who has anxiety and they hold on to it, they didn't want to give it up. Oftentimes people with anxiety, they don't want to create the future. They use the anxiety to avoid creating the future. And this is a vital information to have. You could ask yourself, okay, so when I make, when I make anxiety real, when I hold on to it, truth, am I avoiding the creation of my future? And then if you realize it, just let it go. Just go interesting point of view. I have this point of view. And what future could I relax into? What future could I relax into? Because <sighs> the future is nothing that is set in stone. The future is not about certainty or stability. The future is something you get to create at all times in every moment. And what if you take that invitation of the adventure of creating your future the way you desire greater than ever before. There's so much more about this different perspective um, with pragmatic psychology. Like pragmatic psychology is this universe of resources and different perspectives on what else is possible with the things we call wrongness, whether it's diagnosis or working with people, if you work with clients or patients or kids or in whatever way you work with people, there's a universe of resources out there. The podcasts here, the books I wrote, four books I'm writing on another one, there's videos out there and there's a lot of calls and classes you can get in my shop on susannamittermeyer.com. There are a lot of classes you can buy in the shop. There's a lot of classes you can attend live or online where you can learn more about this different perspective for you and also if you work with other people. So just check it out on susannamittermeyer.com. I'm happy to create a world that works for us. Big hugs to you and looking forward to the next episode. Bye for now. Mwah. How was the show for you? Are you inspired? Feel free to share this episode with anyone you think would appreciate it too. Thank you for the contribution you are to spreading possibilities around the world. For more information, visit my webpage www.susannamittermeyer.com.